Warning, the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of Clan Imperial Guard, Radio Link Net, or their sponsors. This show is intended for a mature audience only. Parental discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. You're listening to the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard and the Emperor's Court, powered by the Clan Imperial Guard Online Gaming Radio Network. Yeah, baby, that's the way I like it. All this energy calling me, back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude, it's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skids are going Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio tonight. Uh, you'll have to excuse me, my voice is not what it usually is because I am uh, experiencing a bit of a cold. I am under the weather and fighting off a sore throat here, so if I'm not my loud and boisterous self, this is the reason, just so you know. <clears throat> so bear with me here if I make any sickly noises throughout the uh, course of the show. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Sickness notwithstanding, this is, in my opinion, and those of my listeners, the best online gaming radio talk show that there is. Welcome to it. This is the Emperor's Court. Uh, we're going until 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard tonight, per the usual. We have several topics we'll get to in a minute. Uh, as usual, I want to thank our sponsors, the HarborBlueGroup.com, as well as the BlizzLink Network and RadioLinkNet.com uh, for footing the bills. And just so you know, RadioLinkNet.com is up and is active, ladies and gentlemen. It is running. Um, again, we're putting some finishing touches on it, uh, but you can see what the site looks like, and some of the old archive shows are up there. Uh, for those that are not posted, you can always check out all the updated ones at onegeerborn.com, uh, which is the clan site, uh, well, kind of like the official clan site. So there you have it. There is, you know, there is that. Um, I had made mention on the uh, webpage yesterday in announcing and reminding you that the show is actually airing live this week. That we have a bit of an announcement about a finally uh, having a new show that's set and, and will be uh, debuting within the next week and a half. Now, unlike the previous show we were talking about, uh, which was to be uh, done by a friend and clanmate of mine, uh, unfortunately that fell through. This one is going to be done by our very own Baron Von Gosu. Yes, the Baron himself, which you've seen uh, on the website, on the forums, uh, taking it a poll as to what kind of... Uh, show you wanted done, and over 50 of you responded in the poll, which is a pretty decent number, considering it was up for only two days or three days. But the Baron Von Ghost will be uh, airing his show, and has already chosen this theme. Um, we're still hammering out a day. That's the only reason why we're saying a week and a half in advance, because we're going to need that long to announce when the show is going to air. Uh, it has nothing to do with the show not being ready. He's ready to go. He just needs to pick a day and a time that uh, he can do it consistently, 
and you guys can tune in to listen. So look for that on the webpage also in the very near future. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get on the conversation tonight, you can join us in irc.solidirc.com if you have the Internet Relay chat. Uh, we are in channel 1G, as usual. You can hit me up on AOL's Instant Messenger at EMP, the number 1, the letter G. Or you can also fire me off an email uh, at emperor1g at coxcox.net. I will say this, folks, that I will go as long as my voice is able to hold out. Um, I, had antis- I had actually considered not canceling the show but postponing it until later in the week, and I decided against it simply because we've had to do that too often in the, in the past two months uh, due to one reason or another. So I decided uh, against that and to go ahead with the live show. So granted, this is not going to be up to my normal broadcasting excellent standards, but I'm hopefully uh, I'm hoping that you will uh, oblige me and, and kind of understand that. So here we go. All right, first things first, uh, topics tonight, I want to go over the, um, the spyware issue with Electronic Arts that was a, that's been a big uh, issue all week, and we had talked about it last week on the show, on the pre-recorded Emperor's Court, uh, and there's been a, a couple future, or, or a couple further developments I want to get to uh, in regards to that, and I spoke to an Electronic Arts employee, um, actually last night, who I happen to know, and uh, I'll give you a couple of his reactions when I ran it by him. Uh, in addition, uh, we'll be going through part two of the Burning Crusade again tonight, and I will do as much as I can. Uh, with the Burning Crusade, it's it's kind of hard to go over all the different things that are coming out sim- simply because uh, information is coming fast and furious, and what we know today changes between what we know tomorrow uh, and the next day. Uh, as far as the Burning Crusade is, things change. Uh, Blizzard changes its mind. Things get added. Things get taken out. So we will do our best to, to cover what we know as it stands right now. So those are the two big topics we'll be getting to this evening. I want to start with Electronic Arts. Now, earlier in the week, um, which would have been, I think, Monday or Tuesday when we put up the the, the tape delayed show from last week, uh, the story was breaking that Battlefield 2142 was being released um, by Electronic Arts, in obviously in Europe as well as the United States. And in this game uh, was going to be a series of spyware programs that you would have to agree to download to your system. Now, Electronic Arts at the time uh, was saying that there was nothing malicious about them, that the programs would only be recording anonymous information, like your IP address, what websites you go to, things of that nature. Things that, you know, aren't necessarily pertaining to your personal information. My argument was that, to me, it was still an invasion of privacy by putting in-game advertisements that cater to specific websites that you go to, that you visit on a frequent basis, to me was an invasion of privacy. When I play a game, I'm looking to escape reality. I'm looking to kill some time. I just thought of an excellent name for Marin show. I'm going to write that down. It completely derailed everything I was going with my monologue here, but it just popped in my head and... Wow! This would be fantastic. Okay, I'm going to write this down. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I know, I know. Here, go, go give this to him. At any rate, to me it's an invasion of privacy, because when I play a game, I'm not looking to be advertised to. I'm looking to escape reality, to relax, to blow off some steam, from working, from the daily family grind, you know, the daily grind of life, you know, crappy things on TV. Mim and I, Mystic Mim and I, were talking about that, about that very thing before going on the air tonight was she was saying that, you know, I don't like Desperate Housewives, I don't like Extreme Makeover, I don't like Dance with the Stars. 
She said, I'm like anti-pop culture. She said, I don't know when that happened. And I said, dear, uh, I've always been like that myself. I, I don't find interest in any of this stuff. It's very boring to me. And what does this have to do with EA? Well, nothing. I'm just getting off on a tangent. But it's something to do when there's nothing else to do. You know, going in in a first-person shooter like 2142, like Unreal Tournament, like Quake 3, Quake 4, what have you. You go in there, you shoot some people, you respawn, you go shoot some more. It's fun. It's fast-paced. You don't have to worry about it, what have you. Well, 2142 is taking a step ahead in that in various parts of the game, depending on the level, they will actually have in-game advertisements specifically catered to each individual player. Penny Arcade, and I again, I don't need to advertise these guys. You guys know who they are, but Penny, uh, it's penny-arcade.com. Penny actually has a comic up there making kind of making fun of this uh, where they show one guy uh, sees an advertisement for uh, Martha Stewart's home living because his wife uses the computer all the time. Another guy sees uh, an advertisement for some like, bestiality porn because that happens to be what he's... Uh, that happens to be what he, the website he goes to, etc. Simvic is saying that he picked up 2142 today, and he said it's a good game so far. And I had said last week I was a little hesitant about downloading the demo, simply because I didn't trust what they were putting in it. I didn't want to inadvertently download a, uh, this program and be stuck with it. Now, I'm all for EA Sports, I'm sorry, EA Games to try and make whatever money they want to, through advertisement and what have you. However, I am strongly against... Uh, putting that kind of advertisement uh, in a game, especially when you can't avoid it. All right, when it's embedded in the levels. If you're, you know, trying to shoot a guy out of a building, and you look up and there's this giant poster of Subway. That's a problem. To me. Now, the few, the further developments have been that they're saying that it doesn't necessarily cater to a specific players. It's just grabbing you not or anonymous information. Anonymous information, not anonymous, anonymous information that's going to be used to putting marketing research together and, and the like. Look, this is no different than you wanting to watch football and then getting up to go to your fridge and finding a display in your fridge. All right? Or you watching TV or you listening to the radio. And while you're listening to the radio, every single thing in your cupboards, every single piece of correspondence, all your bills, uh, whatever's in your cupboard that you bought, everything is recorded so that they can cater marketing to you. Let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Not a day, not a minute of every day goes by that we are not bombarded by advertising of one kind or another on TV, on the radio, walking down the street, walking in the city, on the way to work, on the side of the road, in what you wear. It's everywhere. Yeah, here it works at Subway. <laughs> it is everywhere. I don't want it to be in my games as well. I don't want it to perforate and permeate in my chosen hobby, my escape hatch. I mean, we can go over the sinister motivations behind EA's uh, trying to do this. They're a giant corporation. Big! They make a lot of games. They're very wide-reaching. I'm sure they're going to get paid a premium for the listings that they're going to compile. Here's how this works, for those who don't know.
every time you make a public purchase, whether you use a credit card, whether you order something by phone, something by the internet, uh, and you have something shipped or something sent, <clears throat> your name, your address is recorded and put on a list. Now, there are advertising companies who compile these lists and then turn around and sell them to the highest bidder. Case in point, the company that I work for, we're doing, we want to have a sale. Actually, we were just talking about this the other day. And we were brainstorming ideas as to how to get more people in the store from around the area that don't miss necessarily go to a sporting goods store. Okay, And being one of the higher-ups, we talked about this, and it was decided that we would purchase an advertising list of people, households of four or more, everybody within 20 miles of the store in every direction. We purchased a list of some 5,000 different households which we then turned over to a marketing agency, a different marketing agency, which made up a list of coupons and then mailed them all out for us. 5,000 families just got coupons and advertisements from my company simply because we were willing to shell out a few, uh, some bucks to buy an advertising list. Now that's just 5,000 families. Imagine how big that list is for people who buy video games. And not just the United States. This has been a, this is an issue in Europe too. When the box uh, the box set was released in Europe, how many tens of thousands of people's emails, work numbers, home numbers, the websites they go to? You want to talk about a blatant invasion of privacy? Remember the brouhaha that everybody got into uh, a couple months back when AOL accidentally had it released all their different customers. Now, granted, they were by customer number, so you couldn't really tell a person's name, necessarily, unless you knew how to search for it. And all the different websites that each specific person went to. And how everybody was up in arm, everybody was, were mega pissed about this. And what a breach of security, what an invasion of privacy. This is no different. I talked last night to a gentleman um, who is an EA uh, Games employee. Who shall remain nameless? Not because I, don't, I think we'll get in trouble, but simply because I, I don't want this becoming an issue or finding out or him getting in trouble that he was talking to uh, somebody that was that is advertising or I'm sorry, advocating against Electronic Arts. I've been buying EA games since I started gaming years ago, decades ago when they first started. Okay, so it's not like I'm out to get this company. Just like Sony. I'm not out to get Sony necessarily. I like a lot of their, the equipment that they make. I like their TVs. I like their phones. I like their cameras. We've got, I've got one of each. I've got a Sony portable DVD player, etc. But when a company steps in the shit pile, I'm there to call what it is. I'm there to say, enough is enough. This is not acceptable. Especially coming from a company of your standing. Get rid of it. So I talked to him last night, and I asked him what his opinion was. And he said, well, this is the first he'd heard of it. And he said, and, and I, you know, I, my particular office is not too far away from the development crew for Battlefield 2142. He said, and no one's made mention of this in the office. No one's talked about it. He said, it can't be that big a deal because, or else I would have heard of it. And I said, well, I'm a little surprised by that because it's on, you know, Kotaku, it's on GameSpot, it's on, I mean, he said, even Penny Arcade has it. And Penny Arcade gets two or three million hits a day. So, and he asked me, he said, is this more of a hardcore uh, player base that's a bit of an uprising, or is this widespread? 
And I said, well, if I have anything to say about it, it's going to be widespread. But it, my personal opinion is that a lot of gamers are not aware of this. And if they were, they're going to be pissed. Look at what Blizzard tried to do last year with the Blizzard downloader when they tried putting a program in the background that recorded everything your computer did, all the websites you went to, all of your habits, and they said, well, that's just for our internal uh, records. I don't give a damn whose records are, are it's who they're for. And people are screaming about that, too. I mean, the river, the forms run were in uh, River Flames. I, in fact, I bet we talked about this in a previous show. But what struck me as very odd is the fact that, at least from his standpoint, from where he was sitting and what he had experienced when, and the people he had talked to is, nobody had thought about it. Nobody thought it was an issue. Nobody had a problem with it. So maybe people out there aren't making a big deal about it. Or maybe this is just the arrogance of a very large company. I, I don't know. I'd like to think that these companies are paying a little more attention to what their player base and what their customer base is saying. And understand that we are paying attention to what they're doing. I don't like complaining about something unless I have a, a solution. And I went over that in last week's show. Personally, I think the only solution that needs to be addressed as players, as gamers, and as customers that we need to take to the forefront is that we should not buy this game. That we should call up EA or send them an email or send them a letter and said, we're very interested in your game. We'd very much like to play it. But the fact of the matter is, we're not going to take that chance while you're running programs like these. When you're embedding uh, loggers like this in your programming, we don't want to be harassed when we're in-game. We don't want to be catered to. We don't want to be advertised to. We don't want to be treated like a wallet. I don't want to look up and see a giant Pizza Hut advertisement on the building I'm about to nuke. Funny, the first time. And this isn't even going into what can be exploited from this by the various players. What would happen if a player found out a way to find out what everybody else saw as advertisements? Wouldn't that be a little embarrassing? I mean, take Divine Justice. What if I had a hack program or something that I could see that Divine Justice likes to go to gay porn sites? And I took screenshots of that. And I posted them on the website. And you know, this actually could, this could be fun. Humiliating, embarrassing, but fun. Yeah, I know it's out there, it's a bit of a stretch, but you get the idea. Nothing is indeed sacred. <laughs> I'm just watching the IRC like Divine Justice. <laughs> Yes, I know a couple of you were mentioning that I don't seem to be uh, the uh, I don't seem to be as fiery. For those of you tuning in and are wondering why I'm a little more subdued than my uh, normal self and why I'm not exuding with the excitement that I usually are on Sunday nights, 
uh, for the programming because I'll do I I do love this uh, doing this show. Uh, it's a simple fact, that, guys, that uh, I'm I have a very sore throat. I'm fighting off a cold, uh, and I'm doing my best here uh, with those circumstances. In all likelihood, I should probably be in bed sleeping. But like I said, I didn't want to put off another show for another week. I mean, we've done that enough in the past two months, so I decided to go with it. I admit to nothing. Yes, you... Shut up, DJ. You do admit it. Harrow says, DJ is in the tranny gay porn. <laughs> Part 2 of the Burning Crusade. We might as well move on. Keep going here. One of the things we discussed in Part 1 were the different races that are being advertised, or being um, offered in the expansion, the different uh, uh, classes and how it's going to work. In that the Horde gets the Blood Elves, the Alliance gets the Draenei, Draenei or whatever. And that this is the uh, Blizzard's attempt to try and balance out the player base, the player population. Because uh, there's a huge disparity, disparity on, on almost all the servers. Where people are playing far more Alliance than they are playing Horde. In fact, on most servers, the uh, Night Elf population outweighs all of the Horde combined. Anyways, the theory being that with Blood Elves, because they're a pretty race, quote-unquote, that more people will be willing to re-roll or recreate characters and play the Blood Elves so that the population will somehow balance out. I don't think I need to go into uh, any great detail about the cynicism I have for that theory. Uh, but we also we discussed how the Horde are not going to get Paladins through the Blood Elves and the Draenei are going to get Shamans through... or the Alliance will get uh, Shamans through the Draenei the draining, and how the lore uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and they've pretty just thrown it to the wind uh, in, in light of, of more marketable ideas, or, or just trying to make a quick buck and to help with the storyline. And it's disappointing that Blizzard has taken that stance, and, and this did happen some months ago when uh, Chris Metzer, which is the lead writer of the lore, you know, went on the forums and said, yep, I goofed up, you're right, it doesn't make any sense, but we're going to go through with it anyways because we just don't feel like rewriting it. So at the one point you have he have him acting like a man, taking responsibility, and then you see him taking copying out and said, but I don't care. We're just going to stick with it. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. None of you like it, but oh well. We're too far along to bother trying to fix it at this point. Like, oh, I don't know, putting in two Hakars, for instance. And I'm not a big lore guy. I've read some of the Richard A. Knack uh, novels. They're all right. But I'm not a big lore guy. It's just it's just the finer details. And that's one thing that Blizzard's always been known for, and I think we can all agree on that, is the small things, the fine details that they put into their games. The little extra mile that they went. And now we see those examples they are kind of throwing them to the wind. They're ignoring them. They're, or, you know, they're doing it in the complete opposite. But moving on to the more positive natures, uh, we discussed the arena system as well last week uh, in part one and how that is going to revolutionize uh, the way PvP is and it's going to work very much like the Warcraft 3 ladder system uh, in that you would your team has to play 10 or more games a week and then you're ranked and then you have to play you get points based on your contribution to the team based on your wins or your losses or your kills and you get to accrue those points and then spend those points on PvP gear and the player's player gear is supposed to be Again, not quite as good as raiding gear, but decent enough. The only drawback, as I had mentioned then, as I'll mention now, 
uh, is the fact that you have to create new guilds within your guilds to play in the arena system. You have to create teams based on the number of 10. You have to have 10 players for a team to participate in 2-on-2s, 3-on-3s, 5-on-5s. So if you have a, say like we do, like a guild of 70 active players, you would have to create 7 different teams if we all wanted a PvP, which we do. The problem is you can't intermix those different teams. So let's say only two of my players from my team are on and three of my other clanmates are on from a different team. Well, we can't go decide to go play five on five because we won't get any points for it because we're not part of the same team. Uh, Hero wants, is also pointing out that new players, this was a, a bit of a controversy earlier, earlier in the week, is that the rumor had gone around that with the release of the expansion, that old players who decided not to buy the expansion would be able to level up to 70 anyways. That would be kind of like a content patch. They wouldn't get any new lands, none of the new dungeons or items, but they would be to level up to 70. Uh, as Harrow's pointed out, that the community managers made it quite clear after this rumor started getting around that that is not true. You will be able to level up to 70 only if you buy the expansion. Now in the expansion, they're going to add, I, supposedly it's about a third of the entire uh, World of Warcraft uh, world in extra uh, an extra continent called the Outlands. And it's on the other side of the Dark Portal. So, And you can go to the Dark Portal now, it's in the game. It's just surrounded by elite Felguards that nobody can beat. But you can get by them if you're willing to die a couple times. And I, in fact, I've got a couple screenshots of me standing in front of the Dark Portal. But on the first day, there's, there's not going to be... Uh, any kind of opening events. You don't have to buy the expansion and then grind away for weeks to try and open it up like Anchorage required you to. That it'll be open as soon as you buy the game on day one the servers go up. You'll be able to go through the Outlands, go through the Dark Portal, into the Outlands, and begin questing. you got to imagine. At least I can just imagine what a hellhole it's going to be the first week of the expansions out on a PvP server. Think about that. Every single level 60 that buys the expansion is going to be in this tie it's going to be in this one zone duking it out trying to level up to get the new quests. That is disgusting. One mass orgy of destruction. I see DJ's getting excited cuz I said orgy. One mass orgy of destruction where you're going to have hundreds of thousands, if not hundreds, then thousands of players on a server duking it out, slugging it out, trying to level up to 70. And Blizzard said that they want 60 to 70 to take as long as it took for 1 to 60. That they essentially want 2 or 3 months to go by before you hit level 70. And once you get to 70, then you'll have to start doing the endgame dungeons. By that time, they're ready to put out a patch or two, and this time next year, they'll be releasing the next expansion. Now, that's a bit of speculation on my point. Sinvict is on. He's, he's commenting through Instant Messenger. He's not uh, joining us in IRC tonight. But, I mean, that's, that's speculation on my, uh, on my part, that Northrend uh, will be the next expansion and will be for uh, next Christmas. Because Blizzard has said they didn't want to wait two years to have an expansion, but for a variety of reasons, mainly trying to get their affairs in order, trying to get the servers fixed, actually get content patches out, etc. That they were going to release expansions a little more frequently in the future. 
So that's my personal speculation is that we'll see it again next Christmas with Northrend. But this is how the formula is going to be. In uh, the Burning Crusade as well, once you are able to hit level 70, what do you care, Sinvicta? Yeah, it's D yeah, DJ's trying to... Yeah, DJ and Mechahawk are making fun of you. Just so you know. <laughs> Actually, most of IRC is laughing at you. Um, one of the cool things, and it'll be interesting to see how they do it, is that they're releasing flying mounts in the Burning Crusade. Yes, I know you're saying, oh, flying mounts! If you hadn't heard... Um, there's going to be two different kinds of mounts, just like there are two different kinds of, of normal mounts, in that you'll have one that will be, uh, like, say, 150% speed. And then you'll have your normal, your epic flying mount, which can be, like, 250% or something ridiculous like that. And it'll be able to fly around like a first-person shooter, that kind of thing, like a an X-Wing or TIE Fighter game, where you can fly around. There's supposedly a dungeon that's up in the middle of the air that you can only get to if you have a flying mount. So that kind of requires you to get there. There's only one small catch. The epic flying mount, which is what, of course, all of us will be aiming for, requires you to get 5,000 gold. Again, let me reiterate. To get a flying mount, an epic flying mount you will need to get 5,000 gold so for you poor schlubs out there who aren't able to ever afford a thousand gold you're never gonna step 5,000 and you know Blizzard's going out of the way to say well that's okay because you're going to gar you're going to garner more gold in your trip from 61 to 70 we're going to make it much easier to get gold basically they're gonna throw the economy out the friggin window but even so, they're not going to increase people able to, to get gold five by a factor of five. I mean, if ever you wanted a proof that, okay, this isn't proof, but if you wanted to fuel speculation that Blizzard is in the pocket of the Chinese farmers and are taking kickbacks from these different companies, uh, these different websites that sell gold, this is it. I mean, if you want a reason to go out and buy gold because you don't feel like farming it, this is the reason. Miller time. Pour myself a drink. 5,000 gold. I can't imagine that. And the kicker is that these flying mounts are only going to be available to you in the Outlands. You won't be able to use them in, in vanilla World of Warcraft. And the argument is, or the reason they say that is because uh, that the old world, the way it was designed, the different levels were designed, were never intended to have a flying mount. So, I mean, it, it's not friendly to flying around. You can get stuck. You can run into things. You can exploit different parts of the world that they don't want to happen. They don't want these things taking place. So you won't be able to use them in the old world. You'll only be able to use them in the Outlands. Well, I, you know what? And it's a good point. And you got to wonder, is, you got to question, is it worth it? Is it worth having a flying mount? I mean, granted, if you're a druid, one of the new talents, and that's what part three is going to be, is we're going to go over all the different uh, uh, the different talents and abilities the different classes are getting. If you're a druid, you don't have to worry about it because you get it included. You get a flying, you get stormcrow. Fritz asking, is that confirmed because um, he heard it's a rumor? No, it's been confirmed. The community managers 
confirm that it's going to be five grand. Well, that's true, Fritz. And Fritz saying that he doesn't think it's going to be, they're messing with the economy that bad. Just because, I mean, just like you say, you have more gold at level 10 than you, or at level 20 than you have at level 10. You have more gold at 30 than you have 20. And you know what, Fritz, and that's fine. But in all the days that I played World of Warcraft, including all the money I've spent, including my epic mounts, I have two, uh, one for both my 60s, I don't know that I've spent a total of 5,000 gold. I don't know that I've ever had a total, including everything I've spent, of 5,000 gold. And I've got like 40-some days played in this game. I don't care if they do increase the amount of gold. That's still going to... And, and they said they wanted to have an epic feel. And this is the big controversy. Well, this is one of the controversies that a lot of the casual players are, are having. Is that it's taken them forever just to get a, a, an epic a normal mount. Imagine what it's going to be like to have to get 5,000 bucks to go buy an epic flying. And you could say, well, you only need like 1,000 gold or 1,500 gold to get the normal flying mounts. And I guess that's all you really need, especially if you want to go exploring uh, like the uh, the dungeons that are in the middle of the air. You know, the air dungeons or what have you. The air instances. Or you want to go flying around. I mean, there's no air-to-air -air combat, which is disappointing to me. Mechahawk's saying he's definitely had 5,000 golden assets. Well, we, you've got a big asset. What do you want me to tell you? Ass. At... at Yeah, my throat's starting to my throat's starting to give out, folks. I'm I'm fighting it, but oh, that's one of the drawbacks when you're sick. And the problem is you don't really have anybody that you can just kind of uh, tap on the shoulder and say, "Hey, would you like to step in and start broadcasting for me? You want to take over the show tonight?" I mean, nothing like having a little bit of uh, last-minute antics, but. Uh, One thing we didn't get a chance to go over last week, and it's, it's one thing I did want to mention, is the reason behind putting paladins and shamans in the game. Uh, we, had, we had only kind of glossed over the fact, and we'll go over it again tonight. Uh, this is probably the last topic tonight, folks. I know we're going to probably end about 20 minutes early, but uh, I'm sorry, folks. My voice can't take it. Uh, I, I'm fighting it here, and it's just not working. But the reason behind giving paladins to the horde and giving shamans to the uh, uh, alliance... At first, they said it was to try and balance out the way the endgame content has gone over. Because I think we all agree that the Alliance has a big advantage over the Horde when it comes to endgame content. Because the Paladins are able to fill a much better role than the Shaman are. At least in a PvE standpoint. That didn't really jive with a whole lot of people. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Then they came out and they said, well, the real reason we want to do it is because we're tired of having to try and do instances in two different ways. Make it viable for one for the Shaman, and also make it viable for people who have Paladins. Make it okay for Horde to do, and okay for Alliance to do. This way, we only have to make a dungeon this one way, because both have set amount of classes. Now this rings more true to me. The fact that they don't want to spend the time, they don't have, well, they don't have the time, they don't want to spend the time or the resources to try and make something innovative and dynamic to two distinctly different uh, factions, Horde and Alliance. 
Now, essentially, you're going to have basically the same shit with a different name. With a, with your three or four racials that are different. Wow, I can hold my breath and I have better herbing, you know, herb ability and I can enchant better than you can. And other than the fact that you look different, that's it. That's the extent of it. I guess when you get right down to it, me personally, when they started announcing the different aspects that the Burning Crusade was going to have, especially in the way of world player versus player, player versus player, the arena system, the new honor system, uh, they said that they're not going to reset the reputation for the different factions of the different battlegrounds and the different capitals. It's just that you're not going to be able to use that reputation to buy rewards anymore. Kind of useless. I guess I'm just not as excited now for the expansion as it was even a month ago, even two months ago. When we we all got excited, we all started thinking about it, we all saw that World of Warcraft, this is kind of like World of Warcraft 2, that the game was actually getting a sequel. The game itself, as we knew it, was changing. But I'm not sure it's changing for the better now. I don't know that this arena system is going to work out the way everybody thinks it is. Warcraft 3 lost a lot of players because they kept on screwing with the ladder system. They kept on screwing with the way people were ranked, the way people got levels, the way people uh, were able to uh, play the system, arrange team, random team, etc. No good has ever come out of that. And every single day, Warcraft 3 gets smaller and smaller. Can't say that about Starcraft. It's huge now. It was huge almost 10 years ago when it came out. Actually, it was like, what? Seven years? Six or seven years? I guess time will tell. And I think we have a better picture now with the the non-disclosure agreements having been lifted on the Burning Crusade. And a lot of the different beta testers are being able to talk about what they've seen, what they've played, uh, their opinions of it. And the more I read of it, again, I don't know that I'm necessarily as excited for it as I was. I still like the idea of only having 25-man raid instances, the biggest ones. I like the idea of having your Tier 3, or I'm sorry, your Tier 4 gear that you can pick up pieces in 5-man, 10-man, 15-man raids. I like the idea of putting, of actually putting world player versus player in the game and taking away Dishonor kills. Now, right now, they said that's only in the beta that may not make it for the final release, the Dishonor kill thing. I experienced something last night that I haven't experienced in almost a year, and it was a raid on Agrimar, and about 25 Alliance players from, I think, Clan Notorious somehow got into the middle of the drag. We got, we slaughtered them. They were horrible players, but at least they got there. At least they tried. I think they killed a couple of Horde. There's about 25 of them. They got slaughtered to a man. But that's the first time I can remember the Alliance raiding a horde capital on my server, MacDerdon. It just doesn't happen. Uh, fuck, they don't, they don't even raid the smaller cities. Ever since the Dishonor kill part went in, and I'm sure it's the, it's reversed, the horde doesn't bother... On my server, the horde is more concerned with player's environment anyways. Our Horde players just don't care about PvP. We, we're terrible at it. Horde, in general, has been my experience 
on the cross-realm battlegrounds that the Horde suck at player versus player. Now, part of that is, you know, unequal uh, maps in Alltrack Valley. Some of it is the fact that they do have paladins. There is that. There's about a month to go before the expansion hits stores. If we're to believe the different estimates that the different companies are giving, that November 28th or thereabouts, that the Burning Crusade is going to hit stores right before Christmas, right after Thanksgiving. A lot can change between now and then. Historically, we know that it won't. That beta testing and putting on public test realms, Blizzard very, very rarely changes anything from the way they have it already set. I don't even know why they bothered testing it, to be honest, since they don't ever fix any of this. Fritz mentions that at, uh, in one of the shows he listens to that one of the guys that's beta testing had his tier 2 boots replaced by a level 60 green that he got as a quest reward. I believe it. We mentioned that last week. Is that the gear, and that's one thing I do like, is that gear parity, kind of like in the NFL, where football parity is going to radically change in the first five levels. That other than having legendary or, t- or tier 3 gear, you're going to be pretty equal to people just by quest rewards, just by gear rewards, or picking up uh, trash mobs, greens, blues, that kind of uh, those kind of items. That is something I like. But it's all in theory. We're just going to see how it shakes out. Yeah, I... <sighs> And again, folks, I hate to cut it early, but my voice just can't... It, it, I'm sure you can tell that I'm fighting it to keep going here, so... Real quick. Uh, next week, we will go through the last of the three-part series on the Burning Crusade. It'll be a little more organized, because now I'll feel a little better, I'm hoping. And we'll go over the different uh, the different classes, the different spells and talents they're going to get. You know, and I'll, we'll talk about who's you know, going to be overpowered, who's not, who sucks, who doesn't. One thing I want you to think about between now and the next time we talk about is Next Ramus. And do you think that this was one of the biggest wastes of time to release it a month and a half before you're ready, or two months before you're ready to go with uh, the Burning Crusade? And then completely outdate the 40 man raid. Think about that. We'll talk about it next week. Alright, folks, I also want to thank you to Lister for tuning in. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be doing this. I want to thank Mystic Bambar, Eden Studio Producer, for mixing all the music and making things happen. Thank our sponsors, the HarborBlueGroup.com and the RadioLink Network, RadioLinkNet.com with BlizzLink. We appreciate it, folks. I hope you like the show as sore as my throat is and as bad as it sounds. I hope you tune in next week, next Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. This has been The Emperor saying bad manners are better than no manners at all. So long, everybody. <laughs>